welcome to our third EDU 101 podcast. Uh, Today, Rachel and I are here to talk to you about the transforming perspective of education through the movie Freedom Riders. And Rachel, welcome. It's great to be together again to have a conversation. Uh, What were some of your thoughts about this movie as you were watching? Thanks, Claudine. Great to be here, as always. Um, So many thoughts about this movie. It's a good movie. It's definitely a... a, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, it, it had me hooked. I guess in terms of the transforming perspective of education, which is what we're looking at here, um, one of the first things that really stood out to me at the start was the way Erin dressed. So uh, her formal suit, her string of pearls, which she so carefully put on and took off in the box. It was like a a routine, Um, as well as having the, the opening scene where she brings in her lesson plans to kind of get like, checked for appropriateness or to make sure that they're on the right track or what have you and then how the woman who i can't recall her name do you know her name oh i know the i know the one you mean the the the, the one one that she answers to yeah the one yes the one um and how you know she basically picked apart most of her curriculum saying it's too difficult for them you're going to want to change this you're going to want to change that including that string of pearls (laughs) <laughs> and I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting how, uh, when we do see that scene where she starts teaching, she's pretty much disregarded every piece of advice, which I thought was fabulous. First of all, um, she was just like, no, I'm just going to try it and see what happens here. And so she didn't listen to that. And so she, her relationship with the curriculum was really interesting. So she came in with her lesson plans and then they changed over time as she got to know the students and she realized certain things were not going to work and they weren't appropriate um, for the context in which she was teaching. So there were moments where she just completely scrapped the curriculum. There were moments where she completely reshaped the curriculum. Also, even the space as well. I was going to say about the space and how she set it up. Like um, at the beginning, it was the rows and lines and then later she moved them to the side. So it was more of like a, a group where they're facing each other um, and moving students around and trying to redefine borders as she put it. Yeah, that was really interesting, wasn't it? That language, the yeah, changing the borders, particularly given the sort of racial groups that were in that space, yeah. to make was that I found also there was a massive error of low expectations for the students at the school and that was from multiple teachers that was from like heads and other teachers as well like the um the male teacher who taught the um high achieving students and there was a particular quote from him saying that the school didn't used to always be that way in fact they've lost 75 percent of their quote unquote, strongest students and said in such a way that implied that strongest meant white. Yeah. And I think, um, Rachel, you're picking up on a really important point for the movie that I'm sure all of the students noticed pretty much straight away that this movie has very strong undertones of race and racism and racial bias. Uh, And that's a really important point to make because 
one of the things that is unique to the transforming perspective of education that's very different to conforming and reforming is that it looks very specifically and explicitly at equity considerations. So by that, we're talking about not just race, but we're talking about things like gender, sexuality, class, language, religion. There's a whole range of equity considerations that come up in education and life context, really. Um, and they're made very explicit through this movie um, through that consideration of race. Uh, I mean, and I mean, I guess religion too, because the Holocaust comes into it later. Um, and so, and then there's a lot of gendered, there's a lot of gendered things going on through the movie as well. So I think it's, yeah, it's really important. It doesn't necessarily always have to be about race. Um, but there's that line where Ava says, you know, how much she hates white people because white people are, have all the power, essentially. She's saying she ha they have all of the power and they dictate and determine what's going on. Um, and so a sort of a point in the movie that contradicts that is when Victoria, the honours student from the male teachers class, isn't it interesting we can't remember these teachers' names? Yes, it sure is. We've kind of disregarded them in our own minds as, you know, those teachers. Um, but, you know, he gets very upset that the honours student wants to go into Erin's class, um, but she wants to go in there because after she's seen the way that they have, the relationship that they have in that space, she wants to be a part of that. Um, which really speaks to relationships uh, and learning as well. Yeah, I agree completely. And, you know, when you're talking about power and respect, I just go back to the conversation uh, where she's telling the students that it's about respect and the students, some said, why should I give it to you? I'm not going to give it to you just because you're called a teacher. So it's, you know, really troubling that notion of the teacher as expert and teacher deserving respect just simply by being the teacher. Yeah. And I mean, we can, we can see this in a tertiary or secondary context and feel like that we understand that. But as you're speaking, I'm thinking, how does that play out in early childhood spaces? And I, you know, I know that I've had, I've had um, colleagues and people that I've known in teaching who have been really troubled and um, offended and, de and defensive when they've had children who have questioned them and they've talked about that notion of well they're children they should respect me because I'm the adult and because I'm the teacher and that really like when we think about the power dynamic in each of the perspectives of education in this one it's always it always comes back to that power and it comes back to interrogating the power so we can never take power away from a relationship it doesn't ever not exist but it's that idea of interrogating the power and saying hang on am i exercising power in this space and am i using this power wisely or am i using it unwisely uh, or just even being aware that you're using it is um as an educator is important so i think yeah that respect it's a really good point um and for anyone who ever had that argument with their parents and i know i did you know you want me to respect you but how about you respect me as well i have different ideas and different ways of thinking it, you know this is this is where the transforming perspective sits uh in terms of power dynamics it's really and and i mean that's in the transforming perspective when we think about critical reflection and i mean i often think rachel you know when you're talking about an equity consideration when it makes people uncomfortable so as soon as you start talking about gender and maybe misogyny and sexism and things like that certain people in the space will start to get a bit wriggly and you know um, you know and it's the same when you have conversations about race so in terms of or even class you know or religion so in terms of that if people are starting to have those sorts of uncomfortable feelings around it that's when you're really looking at a consideration and that's where that critical reflection comes in and go okay what privilege do i have i might have white privilege i might have class privilege i might have language privilege speaking english could be seen as a privilege 
you know, because you're not questioned about that or you're not questioned about your understanding of the world around you because you have accented English, so to speak. So, yeah, so I think that, yeah, that's, that power is playing out in very particular ways. And I say that because we can identify power in all of the movies, but it's thinking about how is power connected very closely to those equity considerations. Really good point. Mm. I was going to say, it makes me think of um, how the movie not only, I guess, examines and highlights those power dynamics, but an ongoing theme is, I guess, um, Aaron's recognition of the experiences of the students and how that sort of expands um, and how she starts to uh, really just change her views on 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 what she thinks the students know so say the first example where she was talking about the holocaust and then she has that moment where a student says you know what is what is it what is the holocaust and yeah. and and she asked them you know raise your hand if you've been shot at raise your hand if you know about the holocaust and she just completely takes stock of that and you see during the movie her recognition of multiple perspectives of her students and multiple ways of experiencing the world really change. And you really see that, um, I guess, transforming approach to education in the way she applies those multiple perspectives into her teaching, never more so really than the journals themselves. Absolutely. I think the journals speak to choice and agency. She says, you can come and take a journal when you feel like it. You can write in it, but you don't have to submit it. I mean, one of the things I really like about it is she says, I can't assess it. I can't assess your lived experience, essentially. So there's no right or wrong, but there's an acknowledgement and an honouring of that. And in that way, she is showing how much she respects the students and the students' stories. So I think that that's, yeah, the journals are a really pivotal example. You could probably link all of the curriculum characteristics to the journals, couldn't you? Because you could think about it in terms of time, space, you know, relationships, knowledge, resources, it, it, could, it, could link, it could bring it all together. And especially because they turn it into a book. And of course, it's a true story. So that book does actually exist out in the world. And that, that's connected to the freedom, the freedom riders from the civil rights movement. So there's that theme of activism. You mentioned that another time, the yeah. theme of activism coming in. Yeah. What did you want to say about that? I feel like activism and advocacy had a really strong undercurrent throughout the whole movie. So starting from the beginning when she fought for resources and kept coming against walls there, so went out and got extra jobs to buy them herself, um, to uh, going above her boss to go to like a higher up, or, sorry, Department of Education to get permission to take the students on excursions, she didn't worry about like stepping on toes. She just worried about doing what she thought was right for the students and giving them the best opportunities that she could and fighting for those extra opportunities. But then also the opportunities were often shaped again by multiple perspectives based on the students own journal entries and the things they've said would be helpful to those students. And then say, for example, going to the Holocaust Museum, she didn't just take them to the Holocaust Museum, you know, she organized for them to speak to and hear from survivors. So bringing in the voices of those survivors themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, it's an amazing scene. Like it's, you know, as, as is the scene when they bring the, the woman who was in the, ha the house with Anne Frank. Mia, I mean, it's, yeah. they're, they're very powerful. They're very powerful and emotive scenes. 
it's not just about the educator and the student, it's about who the educator has to negotiate and navigate with to be able to provide the student with the things that are gonna best support their learning and their, and their outcomes. There's, I mean, there's so much in it. We've talked about this and, and, you know, just as you're listening, we understand it's hard to kind of unpack this in a very short period of time because there's so much in it. The other thing that I'm thinking about, Rachel, that we haven't mentioned yet is the equity line. So that line, mm. well, what became known later as the line of equity, where she asked the students to come in and step up. And so in doing that, she's again, honouring multiple perspectives and lived experiences, but she's also allowing students to see. And I, I really... I, I like that scene where she says, you know, step forward if you've ever been in jail or you've been um, in prison and the, the, one of the students says, does a refugee camp, camp count? And she says, you decide. And she steps forward and Ava kind of looks at her and goes, oh, okay, we've got something else in common that I never knew about. So it's that there's a real, you know, there's a real creation of community of learners in that context as well. Um, that yeah that comes from and you know there's issues of homelessness there's that that student who talks about how his mum has been evicted so there's there's a whole range of equity issues that come through yeah yeah when you said community of learners i thought that that really it really described what happened to the movie very well there was a lot of um development of that community and you could really see it um, going from, I guess, just more of a conforming perspective of education to developing a community where it wasn't just a teacher teaching, but students' voices were a huge part of it. I mean, let's talk about that visit from Mia, um, the person who'd helped to hide Anne Frank and her family. That was entirely decided by the students. This is something we want to do. And you could see on her face, she's like, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. <laughs> I don't know how am I meant to make this happen. But yeah. um, she facilitated what they wanted to do. She um, basically gave them the, I mean, we, want, we can say power again. She gave them the power to make the decisions. This is how we want to do this. And help them to do it and you could really see the facilitation you could see the teamwork you could see that community of learning together throughout the process and as you said it was a very powerful scene when she did visit but also in the lead up as well and seeing the process of them actually achieving what was initially seen as potentially an impossible idea um yeah. but it happened yeah so i mean it's yeah it's really interesting to think as you're speaking i'm thinking about how she's a new teacher too and so in some ways she hasn't been jaded by the system enough yet to kind of go well we can't do that that's impossible or i can't she just she just rolls with it every time oh this could these here's the possibility of what we could do hmm, okay let's give it a go and see what happens um because she's not being contained by the structures or rigidity that other educators might have based on having been in the system for a long time. The system has a big role in how education gets played out. So educators don't necessarily always have autonomy with that. So we don't wanna, we don't also wanna set up a space of judging educators who don't do, don't go out and get three jobs and don't, you know, yeah. don't do these things because it's not always possible. And I suppose, Rachel, that brings me to a point that I wanted to make around the movie. Um, as you know, I sourced all the movies for this subject and um, I've often tried to find other movies. I could not find a movie that had a teacher of colour. 
Um, and that's problematic on lots of levels. But I think as, as fabulous as Erin is, um, and I think she is, and the real life Erin also, uh, we have to be mindful of the potential for there to be a white saviour sort of attitude here where the white teacher with the pearls who has, you comes from a particular um, socioeconomic class herself can come in and do this. And it was easy enough for her to get three jobs. That's not necessarily gonna be the case for a teacher of color or a teacher of different class, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's really important. I found, I did find a good article a couple of years ago that was written about critiquing white savior movies and specifically had some things about um, freedom writers, which I found really confronting, but also really valuable. Um, and maybe if I can source that again, I can just make it available to the students just as an addition, not something you have to do. Yeah, but just keeping in mind that it is really hard. And I would question, I mean, there's lots of them. Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds, um, a whole range of movies where people go in and save gang schools or schools that are, you know, poor or, you know, often it, can, it, often it is a white educator who's going in and doing that. And we need to, yeah, we need to be aware of that and to be able to critique it. That is such, a, such an important point. And it is one that I think it's interesting because they do take some steps towards addressing at least on a content level. So, you know, the students calling her out saying, you're trying to teach us about rap, you're a white woman. <laughs> so, you know, they're in the movie calling yeah. that out, but we yeah. do need to take that step further back to recognize that just the movie itself is perpetuating that idea of white savior content. Yeah, and that those students might have voice, but if that same thing's happening with younger students, who aren't necessarily able to push back like that, then what's the implication of that for the way we reproduce knowledge in education? Exactly. And you know what else I wanted to say? When you were making the point about how Erin's a new teacher, so she hasn't been jaded or she hasn't been sort of like um, trapped in by these preconceived ideas of how things are meant to be done, I couldn't help but see the strong connection between that sort of way of being and early childhood and children. So mm -hmm. children, yes, mm -hmm. children, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. excellent right. connection. Thank you, thank you, Claudine. We have to think about when we are approaching things as teachers, where we are the ones who might be doing the cutting someone off, where we might be the person saying, mm, that's too hard, or we're the one who's limiting the possibilities of of that child's engagement with the world and their own independent learning or their own independent thinking and ways of being. Yeah, I mean, it's like the puzzle example you gave in the conforming perspective Zoom. You know, if a child wants to do a thousand piece puzzle, why would we, I mean, that's not necessary. Well, yeah, it is an equity issue because it's about children having choice. But yeah, I think that's a really good connection to make. A really good connection to make. There's a part of we're also responsible and accountable in those ways for thinking about how might I be perpetuating um, a particular understanding of the world and how children engage with the world and their capacity to learn and grow and develop. Did you have any concluding thoughts you wanted to add, Claudine? Uh, no, I, I, as I say, even though we can critique it, it's a movie I really enjoy watching. And I think, yeah, there's so many, there's so many other things we can unpack. And hopefully when we have the, um, the Zoom with the students, they'll, they'll have pulled out some different things to what we've discussed. And, you know, they'll, they'll be able to share what their thoughts are, which I'm really interested in hearing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Let's leave it there. And I look forward to hearing uh, all of your 
thoughts and things you come up with in the Flipgrid and yeah. in our Zoom. Yes, looking forward to seeing you there, students, everybody. <laughs> See you there. Bye. Bye. Thank you.